Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. This sixth commandment is saying to us, don't kill, don't murder. When we leave God and we walk outside of God, we actually throw away the moral compass that guides our lives. When we forsake God, we've lost the moral compass of society and we wind up walking and wandering in chaos. Pastor Ed is continuing his study on the Ten Commandments. And in today's message, he touches on the Sixth Commandment, do not commit murder. As a people created by someone with the perfect moral compass, why is it that society as a whole seems to have the exact opposite of a moral compass? Pastor Ed today suggests that this is due to people turning away from God, from His teachings, from His love, and overall from Him. The further from Him we go, the more dangerous the world becomes. Well, let's join Pastor Ed in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 13, for part one of his message entitled, The Sixth Commandment. We're continuing our series on the Ten Commandments. We're on the Sixth Commandment. I'd like you to open your Bibles to the book of Exodus, the 20th chapter, the 13th verse. Short verse, but a needful word for us today. In our culture, that is abandoning God and going further and further away from traditional values, we need to hear His Word to us. It needs to be inscribed upon our hearts, and it needs to be deposited in our lives. Reading from the NIV, the NIV translation, and other modern translations translated, You shall not murder. You shall not murder. God, help us to understand the importance of what he is saying to our culture, our time, our society. There was a book written back a number of years ago called Out of Control. It sort of coined a word, mega death. It stated that 175 million people in the 20th century were murdered directly or indirectly by four men. The four men that it mentioned were Hitler, Lenin, Stalin, and Mao. Those four men totaled approximately 175 million people deaths. What's happening in the century that entered in, the 20th century, that entered in with such hope? As we look at what's happening in our culture, there's this culture of death, of disrespect for life. David Grossman, he's a retired army psychologist believes that video games are contributing to this culture of death. In a Pulitzer Prize-nominated book on killing, he said as many as 85% of the soldiers during World War I and World War II did not fire their weapons. And he said the reason for that 
was instinctively we don't want to kill our own kind. And so you have to train people to kill. And so what they did was they made wooden replicas of people. And they would practice shooting those wooden replicas of people. And that would break down the reservations about killing other people. But with modern technology, now we use videos and computers and all sorts of other programs. Grossman believes that modern video games like Doom and Grand Theft Auto operate on the same principles. He said, what happens when a teen plays a lot of time in front of those videos? It breaks down that resistance to kill. It desensitizes them. And he talks about Michael Carnell. Michael Carnell was 14 years old in Kentucky. He walked into his school lobby, fired eight shots, and hit eight people. Five in the head, three in the torso. Three of them died. Five were wounded seriously. The amazing thing is that he had never shot a pistol before. As they did the research, his parents had converted his two-car, their two-car garage to a video room, and he practiced with video games. And Grossman said that he trained Navy SEALs, Texas Rangers, on accuracy in shooting, and the accuracy was absolutely incredible. Where did this Carnell learn? Through the video games. I know how captivating and capturing it is to be involved in the technology of today, but if it desensitizes us to the value of human life, you watch the television shows, there's more and more carnage, more and more violence. It seems like we need more to get that rush of excitement, to thrill us. We're becoming desensitized to the value of human life. Every 26 seconds, a child is murdered in what should be the safest place in the world, a mother's womb. When you think about our nation is number 24 among all the nations, and talking about all sorts of nations, third world countries and everything, where murders take place. You know, someone had a cartoon. On this cartoon, they had school metal detectors, and students were going to school, and these metal detectors were to detect any type of weapon, a knife, a gun, uh, whatever. And it had in that cartoon, detecting knife and gun, and anybody carrying the Ten Commandments. When we've taken down the Ten Commandments from our schools, our courtrooms, our public arena, we're saying, God, we don't want your word. We don't want you in the marketplace of life. And we are paying the consequence of it. It's estimated that an 18-year-old will have seen on television 225,000 acts of violence. 
Over 16,000 murders. The average young person spends 900 hours a year in school. He spends over 1,000 hours a year watching television. It's shaping, influencing, and determining our culture. A number of years ago, a commentator on television noted that among the top television programs in the top five was wrestling. And they said that it seemed, the commentator made this statement, they said it seemed like in wrestling there used to be the good and the bad guys. But now everybody is a bad guy. They're just degrees of badness. He said, is that making a commentary about our culture? I think it is. I think it is. A culture of violence. God's word to us, don't murder. And yet, that's what entertains us. We don't have to go to arenas. We don't have to watch people being burned at a stake or thrown into a lion's den or having their bodies torn from limb to limb. All we have to do is watch it on our HDTV. And it's lifelike. The commandment, don't kill. It reminds me of Hosea when he wept over the people of his nation. In Hosea chapter 4, it says, Hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites, because the Lord has a charge to bring against you who live in the land. There is no faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. Sound familiar? There is only cursing, lying, and murder, stealing, and adultery. They break all bounds. And bloodshed follows bloodshed. Because of this, the land mourns. What's happening in our country? I want you to look at this commandment. First of all, the interpretation of the commandment. The interpretation of the commandment. It's biblical word. Notice I use the NIV, not the King James. The King James says, kill. God is not against all killing. This commandment deals with unlawful killing, that killing that violates justice. The interpretation of the sixth commandment. A killing that violates justice. See, God allowed killing. God actually gave the state, the government, the ability to execute people. And we'll talk more about that later on. But this word here is never used in terms of war. There's another word that God uses when killing takes place in war. But this word particularly means murder. It's sociological meaning. The sixth commandment is important and it's benevolent. It's important. It's what holds society together. Law keeps things functioning. Without the rule of law, people just do what they want. There's no boundaries. There's no safety. Uh, you, you look at some other countries where people have to have large walls around their houses with barbed wire fences on top of those walls to protect their home and their goods. I think about how this sixth commandment is saying to us, 
Don't kill. Don't murder. When we leave God and we walk outside of God, we actually throw away the moral compass that guides our lives. When we forsake God, we've lost the moral compass of society and we wind up walking and wandering in chaos. Crime shouldn't pay. But in our country, more and more, we protect the criminal and we persecute the victim. And that's because we are pushing God away. And as we push God away, and as we push him out of our culture, we're making our own laws as we go by, and we're devising our own rules, and we can't do it. God has a word for our culture. He has a word for our nation. And to reject that word is to reject his wisdom. Law restrains people. They should know that crime doesn't pay. But when you make crime pay, people are going to be criminals. People need a sense that there will be retribution. There will be judgment. There will be consequences to breaking God's moral law. There's a theological meaning. Not only a sociological meaning, but a theological meaning. God is sovereign over life. He's sovereign over life. When Jesus died for us, he put a value on mankind. He said, we have value. Now, our society looks at people and says... That person is worth less. That person is worth more. If you're an Einstein, you're worth so much. If you're on Skid Road, you're not worth very much. God said all life is valuable to him. Whether you are in the nursing home or whether you are at Harvard or Yale or Princeton. All life is valuable to God. And he does not look at people and say, you're worth less because... No, no. He died for all of us. Only God can determine life when we have it and when it goes. Now, God does give the state, he does give government some prerogatives. And we'll talk about that later on in the message. But when a person intrudes or a nation intrudes into God's domain, they're crossing the boundary line. They're stepping over the boundary lines that God has established. God is sovereign. He determines when we're born and when we die. It's in his hands where to recognize that we're accountable to God. And I know that as a nation and as a people, we've said, no, God, you don't have anything to do with our lives. God, you don't have anything to do with society. You're irrelevant. But when we do that, we are going and walking on ice. We're walking on very thin ice. We're going to have a collapse. We're going to have all sorts of problems in our culture and our society. When we fail to recognize God in society, we take the image of God out of man that gives man value because we were made in the image of God. And when you take the image of God out of man, all we are is another form of an animal. And our value is decreased. That's the interpretation of the commandment. It's 
biblical word meaning and sociological word meaning and theological word meaning. There's an explanation of the sixth commandment explaining it. What does it permit? It permits the killing of animals. You say, well, pastor, that's not necessary to say. It is. Let me read the biblical text. Well, I'll read especially verse 3. Genesis 9. Everything that lives and moves will be food for you. The birds of the air, the animals of the ground. God, after the flood, said to man, you can eat of any of the animals of the field or the air or the sea. I remember one man said to me, I'm not going to church because I invited him out to church. He said, I'm not going to church. I said, well, why don't you want to come to church? He said, well, you people are all hypocrites at the church. I said, well, come and just join us. You'd fit in well. (laughs) (laughs) Then I asked him, well, why don't you want to come? He says, well, because you're all murderers. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, do you eat chicken? Do you eat meat? Yeah, I eat chicken. I eat meat. He said, well, you're a murderer. Now, I do believe vegetarians, uh, you know, they're, they're wise, and, and that may be a healthier lifestyle, but um, I don't think anything's wrong with, in a productive way, being able to have animal meat. And this man was all upset because he said, you're murdering animals, and that's murder. I said, no, it's not. God allows us to eat the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. So... He permits the killing of animals. I cannot understand how people get so upset about, you know, some Indiana bat or some spot or some, uh, you know, uh, little fish or something like that. Now, we need to be conscious of life on this planet. We need to be good stewards. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. We're not going to abuse the earth. But you get all upset about that and you go to someone who's wearing a fur coat and you rip it off them with anger and yet you don't get angry about a child being killed in the mother's womb. It doesn't make sense. We need to value human life the way God values human life. Now, it does, I believe, this is my conviction, there are others who are have a different view, but I believe it permits capital punishment. I believe when there's a crime that's premeditated, pre-planned, and people today get off so easily for what? Murder and killing people? It's it's amazing. I'm not talking about some accident that happens or something and just... uh, uh, but something that's premeditated, pre-planned. In Numbers chapter 35, verse 33, it reads... For murder pollutes the land, and no sacrifice except the execution of the murderer can purify the land from the murder. And in Romans 13.4, Paul the Apostle tells us that God gives the government the sword. And that meant the execution of people. See, God wants people to know that if you take a life, your life will be taken. There are consequences to sin. There are consequences to breaking God's word, to breaking God's law. And when you do that, you truly value life. If you say, listen, you can take anybody's life, it doesn't matter, you're you're cheapening the value of life. If you say that a life is so precious that if you take it, it'll cost you your life. 
Now, there are times that God intervenes and he shows mercy. But historic Christianity, historic Christianity, I'm talking about nearly 2,000 years of history, has believed that abortion is murder. They have believed that to kill the innocent is wrong. And suddenly in this latter 20th century into the 21st century, we suddenly have been enlightened. I believe God's law applies for today. William Shakespeare said, he forfeits his own blood that spills another's. I believe this commandment permits self-defense. Self-defense. In Exodus chapter 22, it says, if a thief is caught breaking in and struck so that he dies, the defender is not guilty of bloodshed. What it's saying, if you break into someone's house at night and you're killed, that person's not guilty of bloodshed. Now, it goes on to say, if it happens after sunrise, you're to restrain yourself. You're not to show just vengeance. You're to be sensible about how you deal with someone And that's what the book of Exodus is teaching us. He's teaching us that we value life and we value it so much that we will protect our own lives and lives of our family members as well. It permits a just war. I'm not going to go into all of the standards of a just war. But in Revelation 19.11, it's speaking of Jesus. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. God himself told his people to go to war or to execute people. There are such things as just wars. A government has a responsibility to protect people. And I think about all the genocide that takes place and all of the crimes that are being committed. We have a responsibility to be a just and a righteous people, to defend the weak and the innocent. So it permits a just war. The law is not an end in itself. It is a means to an end, justice. Whenever we make the law an end in itself, it's not serving its purpose. Its purpose is to create justice, protect people, help people. Uh, That's why it's important to understand what God is saying. He is concerned about the weak. He's concerned about the frail. He's concerned about the innocent. He's concerned about people. And that's why we have his word. We have his law. So the end of law should be justice. Law doesn't become an end in itself, but a means to an end. Now what it permits, we've looked at what it prohibits. I believe it prohibits suicide. King Saul killed himself. Judas killed himself. We're not to take our lives. Our lives are a gift from God. And when God says our days are up, it's up. But to take our lives is a violation of this commandment. Don't murder. We were made in the image and likeness of God, and our lives belong to God. We recognize a responsibility to the Creator. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Voice of Faith. 
with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's in-depth study of the Ten Commandments. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select today's date from the Voice of Faith media planner. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to voiceoffaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Ten Commandments right here on Voice of Faith.